Hey, Rebel Rouser, this is Alan Voivod from Star Wars 7x7, and you're listening to The Hollow Chronicles. Punch it! At this time, I'd like to welcome in our guests for today's podcast. If you've been listening to Star Wars podcasts for any amount of time, you guys have probably heard the name Alan Voivod. He is the host and creator of the Star Wars 7x7 podcast, which means seven days a week, seven minutes a day, 365 days a year. Alan, thank you for joining us on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Awesome. Uh, Josh and I are longtime listeners to your pod, so uh, we're we're pretty excited to have you here. But um, let me ask you first, Alan what what made you think hey, I'm going to do a, a daily podcast for five years in a row? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you had told me five years ago that I would have done it for five years straight, I probably would have said you were crazy, and there was no way that that would have happened. It's all been very much one foot in front of the other. But I knew that with Star Wars, A, restarting when it was sold by Lucas to Disney, that we were going to get you know new stories. And then when Disney rebooted the canon in April of 2014, I knew that okay, we're going to get you know, a lot more stories. And I had been following the original uh, Expanded Universe back in the day, but not to be a little too much for me to keep up with. And I got to a point where you know, I let it go. And with the rebooting of the canon, I realized not only can I you know, hold this stuff all in my head, but now we have these tools where we can talk about all these things much more readily and you know, archive it as well. So now I have my own repository of all you know, the things that I've talked about on the show and all these new stories. And I feel so much more connected to the mythology than I ever have. That's pretty cool. Um, so you must be a big Star Wars fan then. Come see, come see. Yes, yes, so you does, could say that. Does that mean you saw um, any of the original movies in theaters? I'm told that I did, but I don't remember seeing Star Wars or Empire in theaters. I My first strong memory is seeing Return of the Jedi in theaters and seeing it, I think, the day after it came out and sitting through two straight showings and just oh being blown away. That's like us. We have yeah. the same the same uh, history with uh, Star Wars is, is Jedi is my first memory of being in the theater, although I was told I was at a drive-in for Empire. And I think, was, <laughs> I think it was conceived uh, during Star Wars. <laughs> that's, a, that's my, that's my hope. I that's know. pretty powerful. <laughs> so so are you, uh, Josh, are you a Death Star baby? Mm. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I'm a Death Star baby. Hey, hey, all right. So I are you. Yes. So. Right. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, which, okay. I, I guess, I guess we'll jump in on this one then. Uh, <laughs> Alan, you, we've have talked about Death Star Babies in the last couple of podcasts and who's likely to have been the result of a celebrate, uh, celebratory, um, consummation after one of the Death Stars have blown up. Um, we've only come up with a couple so far, definitely Ben after Death Star two 
and and DS two. We call it DS two. <laughs> and uh, and definite and there's a definite possibility that Paige Tico, her age lines up anyway. I don't I don't know if it's canon by any means, but uh, is there any off the top of your head that you could maybe fit in that timeline? The twenty nine or thirty four ish year old new canon characters. I think it was. I think it was one of you guys who suggested that Armitage Hux might be a DS one baby. That um, his dad, Brendel Hux, might have had relations with the uh, kitchen worker that he <laughs> had Armitage with, since Armitage is illegitimate. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, Hux I, the bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I was, you know, Poe Dameron doesn't fit cause he's too ABY. Um, yeah. so he was two years old, but I was wondering at some point if, um, Poe might've had a sibling because they do show, um, his parents in, you know, what looks like a situation like that, the night of the celebration after DS2 blew up. So, um, but I haven't seen any reference to a sibling of Poe's at any point. So, um, it'd be fun to think that Zori Bliss will turn out to be his younger sister or something like that. Yeah. There's with the, with one more movie coming out, I suppose there, there could be a a new character or two that could possibly fit in our crazy idea (laughs) that Mm -hmm. that there are Death Star babies out there in the universe. I'm going with the, at least uh, 127 of the stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, they got drafted in. They're, pro- they're probably officer <laughs> yeah. age by yeah, this point. All, but, yeah, uh, no. yeah, yeah. Hey, what about Phasma? We don't know. Well, there Phasma, you go, Phasma. Yeah. <laughs> possible, possible. See, Alan's the one who's going to know. No, actually, she was born. <laughs> yeah. So, Alan, with with this uh, with this wealth of knowledge that you've acquired um, since you've been doing the podcast, have you ever entered any of the trivia, the Star Wars trivia, the big things? No, I haven't. And you know, I every once in a while I think about it, and I w- had thought about it at Celebration Chicago, but because there's so much other stuff going on, I'm I'm more addicted, I guess, to you know, doing my own thing as related to the podcast, and so I haven't done the trivia thing. Maybe if they do it again in uh, in Anaheim in 2020, I would do it. But they seem to have a lot more trivia and game show things at celebration this time in Chicago than they did in Orlando in the past. This seems to be becoming a much bigger thing than it's ever been, which is kind of cool. Have you guys done any stuff like that? No, no, we haven't. Actually, our our first celebration is going to be Anaheim. So we're pretty excited about that. Are you going to be there? Yes, I am. That's awesome. I get to meet you guys in person. It's going to be so much fun. That'll be cool. We got Pete Fletcher is going to be there as well. So I think we're going to have a, a pod party. Who else? WSTR guys. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Scarif will be there. Yeah. There's going to, I mean, anybody with a microphone is probably going to be there, but we're going to have to cut <laughs> out. We're going to have to cut out time to do other stuff besides hang out with each other. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll be, yes. Yeah. Be the biggest hang, the most expensive hangout ever. Um, <laughs> buy some toys along the way too. Uh, so one of the things we'd like to talk about here, Alan is, uh, is collecting and, and, um, and you had mentioned just in our correspondence back and forth that, uh, at, at different times you have collected and, but you had to sell some stuff, you know, and, and but then you've gotten more things uh, talk about when, you know, when you started actually devoting a little bit of time and money towards the gathering of star Wars items. Um, you know, for me dedicating my own time and money to gathering star Wars items, I'm, I'm really, I think, weirdly picky. Like, I don't have any 
focused collection. I know there are some collectors who, you know, try to get as many things as they can. There's some folks who will say focus on, you know, collecting all the Funkos, for example, um, or they might collect a certain character, like as much R2-D2 memorabilia as yeah. they possibly can. Right. I've always been weirdly minimal about my collecting. When they had the Triple Force Friday thing, I was in a Target and they had about as much as I think was possibly available. And I had a bunch more stuff in my cart. But ultimately, I only walked out of there with uh, Lego. Um, oh, I have it here, actually. I still haven't put it together. Um, a Lego A-Wing um, with Snap Wexley and Lieutenant Connix. And then um, I managed to get one of the, oh, shucks, uh, the car- the carbonized um, Mandalorian. Ooh, that's a yeah. good pull right there. Those are sharp. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, not realizing just, I actually had both the regular and the carbonized one in my hands. And I thought this carbonized one looks kind of cooler. I'll just go with this one <laughs> instead. So it's, it's awful. I know I should have, you know, really been able to appreciate more, but it's after the fact, as I've seen people posting about it, I realized, Oh wow. I really lucked out on that. You really um, <laughs> no, you really did. I had- think our target had six. Yep. And then oh they, my ha- gosh. they have not replenished, you know, so that's, that's, and there were six guys. There were seven and, guys. Seven guys. There were seven guys waiting to get one. <laughs> there was one, there was one sad guy. There's one, six satisfied, oh. one sad. Yeah. No, the, but I think your approach, you know, is, is probably the smartest approach. Be picky uh, because I don't know, Josh, you and I probably, we've made some purchases of things where we're like, huh, well, I'm glad I got it, but I'm probably not going to keep it. Yeah. And, you know, we'll turn it around and trade it, you know, for something else or whatever. But uh, being picky, that's probably a pretty smart and uh, frugal way to uh, have a collection. Um, Is there is there a character that you that you kind of kind of gravitate towards or is it just you're just picky in general? If there's anything I gravitate toward, it's anything snow related. Hmm. So I have um, I have snow troopers and snow speeders and I have you know, Hoth rebel troopers. Um, so I really like anything snow related. And I grew up in Los Angeles, which is really weird. So why that spoke to me so strongly, I, I honestly have no idea. Now, of course, I live in New Hampshire, where we probably get about 120 inches of snow every winter. So <laughs> I'm in the right place for it. But uh, I would say if there's any particular thing I gravitate toward, it's probably that. Well, that's, I think, Alan, it's safe to say it's because just like Anakin Skywalker, you hate sand. (laughs) (laughs) It it really does get everywhere. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. What's your, uh, so speaking of your collection, what's your favorite piece? That's what I, we call them pieces. That's, you know, like they're Mm -hmm. pieces of art. So what's your favorite uh, uh, collecting piece? Right now, um, I so I, I think I told you um, via Twitter um, direct messages the story about my, my collection when I was younger. Um, I got rid of most of it, but I still have you know, a few things. And one of them is a snowtrooper, like an original vintage snowtrooper. And, you know, that I'm very fond of, <laughs> you know, it's one small figure. It's, you know, not a big deal amongst everything, but I'm still very glad that I have that one at least and, that and I didn't get rid of. And that's from your, your childhood collection though. 
Yes, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, see, I think that's just far more valuable. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's very cool. As a matter of fact, I have a snow trooper. Mm. And he is uh, one of my favorites. I don't, I don't even know if I could pick him out since I have several, but I found him when I bought an AT-AT from a collection and uh-huh. uh, I'd had it for a while. And then I opened up the battery compartment to put in some batteries to test it out. I don't know, a few months later. And there was a oh, little, no way. and there was a little snow trooper in there hiding ah, and he had his, he had awesome. his weapon and everything. And so I just thought like some kid, you know, mom and dad didn't have the D batteries or whatever. So he's like, forget it. I'm going to hide from Luke in here. For mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So yeah, that's brilliant. So good stuff. Is Very there, cool. Is there, is there something now, like as an adult looking back, is there something that you wish you still had or wish, uh, or you think you might still get from, from that original vintage collection? Yeah, I every once in a while I look at eBay for original vintage snow speeders and it's not like they're cost prohibitive. They're like 20, 30 bucks when you find them. Right. And yeah, I, I I don't know why I can't seem to just say yes to that. I mean, it seems so silly and yet for some reason I just haven't done it, but that's, that's number one. And then an ad at would be the second thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, those two definitely would be the ones that I would hope to acquire again someday. You know, we've been asked, what's your favorite Pete asked us that what's your favorite vehicle. And I can't believe I forgot that the sound that a snow speeder makes, I think was my favorite mm-hmm. as a kid. That was really cool. The snow speeder was always awesome because of the cool effects of it flying over the the mountain range, you know, but right before they find mm-hmm. Han and Luke. So yeah, I'm with you there. I've found them. I've found them. Repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the vintage uh, toy, the vintage toy too had, had probably, I don't know, in my opinion, the coolest uh, sound and light uh, combination uh, that would light up the, 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 the proton guns or whatever they were. They yeah. just wah, 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 wah. And they'd, they'd alternate back and forth. And I don't know. I thought I, for vintage toys go that had a pretty cool light setup. Yeah, it did. You're right. You're absolutely right. And you never see the snow speeder outside of Hoth, right? Mm-mm. It's never in a fort, in a in a squadron or anything else in in Star Wars. So I don't know. So they released a Lego set that was a sand speeder set, and it was and it looked like it was set on Jakku because the background had like a fallen star destroyer. And for a while people were saying, Oh, you know, it was just a random pilot and a random gunner. And there was a rumor going around, are these Ray's parents? Did they mean (laughs) to reveal them in the last Jedi? But it was a, it was a snow speeder, but it was for the Jakku desert. So it was a sand speeder. And yeah, I thought, Oh, Oh, that's cool. And I just, I had seen it around, but didn't get it at the time. And then of course, you know, now they don't make it anymore. And now it's actually very expensive to get, but, um, that's the only time I've ever seen a non snow speeder T forty seven. They're T forty sevens, is that right? I think that so. That sounds right. The so it was just repurposed then for a different environment. So is that yes? Oh, that's cool. Right. They took out all the insulation, installed <laughs> yeah. an AC unit, and, uh, and made it a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> turn the astro, turn the Astromech into an AC unit, and away they went. There you go. <laughs> so so that's that's so Alan. Let me ask you that just on that particular topic do you think they do those kind of things intentionally when they release a snow speeder repurposed for sand and it looks like jacu's background and or do you think they're just trying to put merchandise out there 
uh, I'm probably jaded and think that they're probably trying to put merchandise out there. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't resent them for it. I mean, you know, they're in business, like they yeah. got to make money. So, you know, by all means, go ahead. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think that there was any particular intention to tweak people into thinking, oh, they're revealing something. Or, or they're not like trying that. to add to canon or they're not trying to add to like, Hey, in the battle of Jakku, there were snow speeders. You didn't see them, but if you read aftermath, you can imagine they were there or something. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, although I did have an exchange like this is many years ago with um, with Leland Chi um, from Lucasfilm. And he said that the Lego stuff still goes through the same vetting process that the rest of the new stories go through. And Pablo Hidalgo has said that um, all canon really means is does any writer writing something new have to take into account the you know this particular item that's happened before and when it comes to the lego stuff they don't so you know hmm. if it's a yeah if it's a lego thing then i say eh, yeah maybe not but um have i don't you, know have you they've, been- they've revealed stuff i think via lego stuff too so alan the real question i got out of that is have you have you been blocked by by Pablo. <laughs> yes, I have been blocked by Pablo. Well, then he's Both just my, blocking everyone. Come on, that's his my, loss. My my personal Twitter account and the Star Wars Seven by Seven show account have both been blocked by Pablo. So yes, I've been I've been double blocked. In fact, oh boy. So well, maybe it's a cool thing to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah, maybe if, we're not. If bad Pablo guys. still has you on his list, you might be kind of an outcast at this point. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's. I I did feel sad. Did he block you guys too? He blocked us like six months ago for no reason yeah, at all. Well, We'd never interacted with him. You yeah, know? I, it's. I don't know blockchains. I I don't know exactly how and why, but uh, my understanding is that uh, there's a if you want. If you don't want to follow anybody that follows a particular person that you can put them on a blockchain and then that just eliminates in fear of, I don't know if it's fear, but just not having to deal with people of a certain opinion or or Mm. whatever, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's my understanding of it. And I'm not going to say that it's an expert opinion, but that's what I understand anyway. Mm, okay. So yeah, maybe, I, maybe there's someone I'm, that you I'm follow. Hurt. I shouldn't be, you know, I've met him like once or twice and exchanged like maybe half a dozen words. So it's, and you know, had a maybe two or three Twitter exchanges here and there, but like, yeah, there's no reason for him to not block me, you know, especially since he's blocking far and wide. Sure. But yeah, I, I do feel a little hurt. Like, <laughs> you know, honestly, I do. Yeah. Um, as of this recording, uh, Alan, you have successfully, gone 1,935 podcasts in a row. And, uh, <laughs> which is to me, Josh and I were talking about this. I, I said, you're like the Cal Ripken of star Wars podcasts. <laughs> and, uh, Josh, what did you say? I went Johnny Carson. I mean, for me, just like when, of star Wars podcasts, cause it was, mm-hmm. it was when, when we started getting into, you know, creating our own pod and obviously we just wanted to sit down and talk star Wars and said, Hey, why not? Let's record it. And you can tell that that's, a uh, kind of the case around the community right now. Lots of new Star Wars pods popping up as the, uh, mm-hmm. the equipment gets less expensive and, and the quality gets better and, you know, hosting isn't a big deal, et cetera. And so I was just like, look, when I first went and started researching other Star Wars pods to kind of, I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, you know, look at the competition. Or research. Yeah, research, right? We're just, yeah. we're just looking, mm-hmm. checking out the, how the other guys do it, what their format is, what they sound like. I found you. 
And, and, you know, of course, hit Andy up and I was like, Hey, have you listened to seven by seven? I said, it could be my favorite format ever. We'd had already, we had already recorded like three or four of our own pods. So we'd already established like what we were going to do, but I was like, it's right. seven minutes. He gets right to the dang point. We get a little tidbit. And then before I know it, I'm five in and, you know, a half hour of my time, you know, no big deal. So, you know, <laughs> it was, uh, or 35 minutes, you know, whatever, but, uh, let's do yeah. the math. Yeah, let's do the math. He's, so, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, that's what I said is like, look, whenever I wanted and heck, by the way, p- half of your pods, not to, not to, you know, blow too much smoke here, but half of your pods, you know, gave me ideas for things that we could talk about on here. And so, like Andy said, I'm very, very, uh, you know, impressed by, by, you know, what you do, your format and man, the research that you put in is uh pretty cool. So do you, do I have you a see few your, questions on that? Do you see yourself more as Johnny Carson or Cal Ripken? What's the better analogy? <laughs> uh, gosh, uh, you know, and the strange thing was, is that I have a Johnny Carson um, comedy album. It's him being interviewed by somebody for the laugh.com website about the nature of comedy and how he approaches it. And I was, it's, it's actually stuck on my younger son's phone and it came up in the car randomly tonight. And I said to him, you know, like, I know this seems, you know, old and slow and you know, probably not your thing, but you like to be funny. You might want to check out something like this. Cause Johnny Carson was a really big deal back in his day. And it's now very strange for you guys to be mentioning Johnny Carson. Go. We said it, yeah, we said um, it three days ago. That's when we talked. And and the reason my point now, Johnny Carson, obviously hilarious. Uh, yes. my point was just kind of, I guess the clout, the, you know, for me, it's like, Hey, do you got 2000 podcasts under your belt about star Wars? You know, I mean, this is the guy that's been around doing it when everyone was, you know, wondering what a podcast was. That's, that's all, you know, the original. So there you go, Alan. That's how I feel about you. That's I think you're funny. I think you're you. funny too, by the way. Sorry. thank you for that too um yeah i don't i don't think about it either those terms and in fact you know like i look back and say the force cast for example which has gone through multiple iterations of hosts but has been around for more than a decade and yeah that to me seems like the the high bar of longevity it is a special kind of insanity to be doing a daily show and to be nearing 2000 episodes. But, um, yeah, I guess I haven't, I have never really thought of myself in that particular fashion. It's always been, um, there's a Woody Allen movie Zelig where like among other personalities he takes on somehow he ends up flying a plane backwards and upside down across the Atlantic ocean in the 1930s. And he says something like, well, it just goes to show you what you can do when you're insane or something like that. And that's kind of <laughs> that, how I felt about doing that's what you're this. doing. Like it just, yeah, it's just, it's a very particular and niche kind of insanity, yeah. but, uh, but I love it. And I've, you know, this is the honest truth. I have never had a day, a night where I've sat down and thought to myself, "Ugh, I don't want to do the show. Like, do I really have to do this? You know, and I know I've set myself up for the commitment of it by saying it's a daily, but I've, I've never had the situation. I've had the, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about? What's it going to be about? And, you know, those kind of frantic moments from time to time, but never, uh, I don't want to do this, that's, which is just, that's amazing. pretty, that's pretty awesome, man. And, and we're glad that you do, because we've gotten a lot 
uh, out of entertainment, out of listening to you. And um, you're always, yeah, hold on, I'll stay on that real quick. And you're always, you always do have a topic though. I like to view your pod as, uh, you know, the, what I like about it is your insight into the workings behind the, you know, in the, in the industry, that's what I like. It's like, Hey, because, ah, okay. because they had a board meeting, that means we're probably going to get a trailer because they're going to release their, you know, their quarterly earnings. And, you know, and that's, that's like, Whoa, that's a really good angle. And they've done that in the past. And, you know, I, where do you get that kind of info or, or is that part of your, your life outside of star Wars? It's just developed over time. I mean, and it's not always correct. Like, for example, you know, here we are about to get a trailer for The Rise of Skywalker and three previous December releases. They had the trailer debut on Columbus Day and they didn't do it this time. Yeah. So, you know, it's not always correct, but it's just it's looking back at history. And I was slower on the Disney earnings calls in realizing, oh, yeah, they actually do usually say something during those it's probably worth paying attention it took me a couple of years before i started you know, factoring that into my machinations <laughs> but um yeah it's just it's ex experience of of having done it more than anything else and being a daily show just needing something to talk about and so needing to be aware of who else is talking about things now i've heard you uh, mention a few times that that you have been sent books or comics, maybe a little bit ahead of time, or maybe right when they released. Um, does that happen often? Is that, do you get things a little bit ahead now that you've kind of been at this for a while? And has that ever gotten you any toys or anything? <laughs> any cool collectibles? Um, sadly, no toys. No, <laughs> all right. um, not at all. Uh, but the books, it's, it's kind of hit and miss. Um, for example, the, um, the be more Leia and be more Vader books that I just talked about that came from DK. Yep. Uh, those ones arrived after they were published. Um, I did get a copy of spark of the resistance by Justina Ireland, which is part of the rise of journey to the rise of Skywalker and is supposed to tell a story that takes place in between the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker. But I did not get it on publication day. I got it a few days later and I think there was a thing, you know, I used to get review copies actually from Del Rey and get them early, but somewhere along the line, someone got uh, an early review copy of one of the Aftermath novels and published a bunch of mm. stuff from it on, I don't know, I think it was Reddit or something. And that, you know, made the Del Rey folks really mad as, you know, of course right. yeah. they should be. And so they've been really tight with that stuff since then. And now like the adult stuff, I actually get, um, day of, I get deliveries, uh, from time to time from Penguin Random House Audio. So I'll get the audiobook versions and I've done interviews with, uh, some of the producers and vocal talent there, the narrators. So, um, I have a pretty good relationship with Penguin Random House and that's how, you know, I'll get stuff delivered to me sometimes, but, uh, no toys, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> not yet. Um, not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> yet. That's right. Not yet. Well, <laughs> So yeah, hope springs eternal for sure, but not, not in that regard just maybe, yet. Maybe at uh, celebration, you'll have to uh, shake some hands with some people from Lego or right. <laughs> some, uh, you know, Funko is based out of Everett, Washington. Maybe they need to take a trip up, a little field trip up here. And oh, we know a guy too, ah. Matt, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, recently on, well, let me backtrack here. One of my favorite things that you do 
um, is your, your one question interviews. Right? Uh-huh. I love those. I love those. Thank um, you. and, uh, I know when you were at celebration, you, I don't know, you probably had about two weeks worth of podcasts. Yeah. Up <laughs> yeah and, you had them all book logged up. Yeah. Th- those were great though. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed them. Um, what, uh, is prior to this celebration, had, had you done the one question interviews before? Yeah. Um, is that's it, is been it al- my MO for all the celebrations okay. I've been to. Cool. Is it always the same question? No, it is not. Okay. All right. All right. So in um, Anaheim in 2015, it was why Star Wars? And it was just, I just left it open-ended and let the people, you know, just however they wanted to answer it. And the answer was, we're, you know, pretty much all over the board and talked about a lot of different things. Um, In London, it was what's most exciting to you about Star Wars right now. Um, In 2017 in Orlando, because it was the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, I asked people what their favorite Star Wars memory was. And, um, in Chicago, because it was, because Chicago is the home of Oprah Winfrey, I asked her favorite question, which is when it comes to Star Wars, well, it's not the Star Wars part, but when it comes to Star (laughs) Wars, what do you know for sure? Yeah. And so, um, now I, yeah, I've got about 10 months to come up with a new one for Anaheim (laughs) next year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Those are, like I said, those are my favorite and not, and every answer is different and they're all good. And I just. I love them. I'm going to have to go back and listen to previous celebrations just to listen to them. Um, were you able to ask any, uh, I, I know, let's see, see, I'm trying to remember, like, I think you asked, uh, uh, Timothy Zahn, um, I want to say the, what do you know for sure? But what have you, have you been able to ask any of those questions to like, uh, Mark Hamill or, uh, or, uh, you know, some of the bigger name folks or how's that worked out? I'm- Unfortunately, not. And uh, the restraining um, order is that. (laughs) Well, I actually ran into both um, Donald Faison and Bobby Moynihan on the convention floor in Chicago, and they had handlers around them saying, no, no interviews. So, you know, Ah. even a one question interview, I I wasn't allowed to do it, unfortunately. I would say the the biggest get, if you will, was Rob Bredow, who's the head of ILM. Yeah. And I got to meet with him because the he had done the um, the solo book, the book documenting you know the the visual effects for Solo: A Star Wars Story. And so I ended up connecting with the publicist of the book because it was actually just launching right then, and managed to arrange the interview through her. Um, but. Yeah. The folks at Lucasfilm, actually, you know, I got to do interviews with some of them back in Anaheim in 2015, but with progressive celebrations, um, they've said, sorry, we can't do it. Sorry, we're not allowed to. And, you know, they've all been very, you know, nice and polite and, you know, aw shucks about it. But, um, yeah, I, I haven't been able to get any of the Lucasfilm folks on unless it's like Rob, where it was because he was promoting a book and because the, the publisher, um, had as much, um, but authors and artists and stuff like that I've been able to do, but actors, yeah, unfortunately not. Yeah. Tougher on the actors. Well, the, the artists, in, at, at least in Comic-Cons that we've attended, artists and authors have been the most accessible. So that's, that seems, seems about right, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we met Timothy Zahn, too. At least I did. We didn't ask him any questions, though, did we? Uh, no. We're still too scared, Alan. We're still, we're still figuring this out. <laughs> We got oh, get, get, get a little braver now. Yeah, <laughs> I had um, 
I had Timothy's on and it was in Orlando and I was about to interview him and somebody called me and I was using my iPhone to record it. And so the, I did not, um, follow the, you know, the advice of put your phone on airplane mode before you do an interview. So I actually like botched in the middle of an interview with Timothy's on and he is like, yeah, you're in his presence and you're like, you start to get nervous. I, I, (laughs) there's some level of seriousness that emanates from him that you're like, Oh my gosh, I've screwed this up. Right. And (laughs) I got, I got seriously starstruck by Carl Weathers. I was, I was just like, Oh yeah. I was in complete awe because I was for one, you're looking at Apollo, right? I mean, that was, Mm-hmm. or predator i forget his name in predator but it was just and he's such a cool dude and he's still just ripped <laughs> i mean he's a big guy yeah and he was so yeah. nice he was so nice so i got starstruck and i like i couldn't i wanted to ask him some questions it ended up some kind of corny corny joke about happy gilmore and uh, you know which i'm sure he's <laughs> never heard before uh, so <laughs> oh your hand grew back or something stupid like that i think that was literally it but uh he, he was so cool and yeah i got i got tremendously starstruck by him and was like all right we gotta go we gotta go Ugh, yeah i believe it <laughs> i would have been too uh <laughs> so alan a couple uh a couple pods ago on your pod um you had talked about uh, the AMC theaters doing the all of the Star Wars movies in a row leading up to uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Um, so that inspired me. Thank you very much. That uh, I put a poll up on our on our pod uh, or up on our Twitter site and asked if you had the time, if you had the availability, could you do a twenty seven hour marathon, Star Wars marathon? And uh, would you like to hear the results, Alan? Yes, I would. So over or right at about 140 people voted. This is just in the last 24 hours. And it's pretty overwhelming, 75% to 25%. Yes, they would. If they had the availability, they would do it. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I gave the option um, of people who felt comfortable putting down their age or at least their age range. Um, and there were... I would say about half of them were in their forties that, that mm, posted. Okay. So, um, which seems like a false positive here since none of them could stay awake that long. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're talking to somebody in his forties. I know right? hey, you're talking to somebody yeah, in his forties. Yeah. We're, we're all in the same boat here. Um, but, uh, uh, I don't know. I found it, I found it telling that even now, you know, he, you're at the end. I kind of feel a little Harry Pottery now, oh, but yeah. um, at the end, uh, people are still like power mar- willing to power marathon over a day's worth of Star Wars movies uh, to get to the Rise of Skywalker, just for the sake of being a fan and enjoying the ride along the way. And I don't know. I found that pretty telling, even though most are probably in the age bracket that we are in, um, you know, there, there were definitely the other half would be, you know, twenties and thirties. Probably, uh, there was as young as 16, mm-hmm. as old as 56 on Twitter there, as far as our followers are concerned, but, um, about half are in the forties. The other half were, were everybody else, but, but 75% said, yeah, they do a 27 hour. Oh my goodness. 
Uh, mm-hmm. buckle in. And for some, it was like, well, if I could do it at home, yeah, I don't know if I could do a theater for 27 hours and you know, whatever, but still that that's small potatoes as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> fans, fans are still fans, despite what you might hear, um, from, from Twitter, from other social <laughs> medias, the fandom is strong. Star Wars fans are awesome. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I got to say, if they had, I, I think maybe my choice might have been different if they said, oh, and you'll also watch Rogue One and Solo also. And not as a negative or a knock on either of those two movies. It's just that would add another four and a half hours and push <laughs> us into 31, 32. And I'm like, well, it's less than 30, so maybe I can do it. But <laughs> well, <laughs> I maybe if they had said all of them, I've been like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe it's like actual marathon runners that once you get to about mile 18, it all just kind of blends together anyway. So sure. maybe if you did 27, 31, isn't really that much more of a reach. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> did you guys go, did you see the, um, the marathon when they released the force awakens? No, I didn't either. No, I did it when they did the, uh, the special editions. I went, we had a, a place that did all three and I did that, but I didn't do it prior to force awakens. No, Got it. And there have been times where like on Saturday we'll do the prequel trilogy. And then on Sunday we'll do the original trilogy, but that was, this was before this is before the sequels, but uh, right. you know, we, I mm-hmm. have like powered through six in a weekend before um, last weekend, by the way, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've never, uh, undertaken something as daunting. I mean, I've, I've, I've even done like the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, uh, yeah. kind of along those same lines too. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, I've never done them all just like back to back to back to back to nope. back to back to back to back to <laughs> I try. And you know, if you go and uh, I forget the name of the site that gives you like the perfect way to watch star Wars as you mix in all the animation stuff with, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels, and then throw in the the uh, the extra story stuff like the Solo and Rogue One. And they have somebody made a roadmap like watch this, watch these episodes from the animations, and then watch this movie in this order. But it's not the right the order you think. And don't watch this movie at all; it doesn't matter. <laughs> and but every time I just go chronological and I try and start with you know uh, number one, episode one and, uh, make it, I don't know, 45 minutes in and then give up on my marathon. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't do that. Uh, although I did start new hope with my daughter the other night, I put that up on Twitter. We were putting together Legos and man, it's good. It's so good when you're watching the, like to analyze it. Like you're really watching every scene. You're listening to the dialogue. Where are they looking? What's in the background, which, um, I couldn't do as a kid because I was just, so it was so magical to me that everything that happened was, was almost just, uh, reigniting my memories instead of me focusing on it. It was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this part too. I love this part too. And so to watch it analytically is, is quite a bit of fun. And, and your daughter liked it too, right? She did. She's asking tons of questions. Yeah. And then the, the one part, which wasn't a Even joke, better. the one part on comes Harrison Ford and she goes, my gosh, he's good looking. <laughs> I'm like you shut up. She's, <laughs> she's 15. She's 15. And I mean, you know, I mean, this is like seventies hairdos and you know, Harrison, I always said once always looked like perpetually like 39, you know, even when he was, he wasn't 39 and no, new hope. Just, he was, he was in his twenties, wasn't he? Or early thirties, maybe. I don't know, but he just mm-hmm. always looked like your, your dad's good looking best friend or something, or I don't know, but he, She's like, man, he's good looking. <laughs> Slap smack <laughs> back of her head. Be quiet. 
<laughs> I, I, this is a good segue here, Alan. Um, because what with me and my three kids, my kids are ages 12 to three and Josh has a couple of daughters that are, um, 15 and 11, 15 and 11. And, you know, they're around us, which means they're around some of the star Wars stuff that we inherit and, uh, and, and buy and, and are always talking about and stuff. How have your kids responded to star Wars? Have they kind of taken up, uh, you know, toys collecting a little bit, or, I mean, have they, are they going to follow in dad's footsteps or what's, what's it like for you? It's really interesting to see, um, how much, so I have two boys, they're 17 and 12 and how they have interacted with toys or rather not interacted with toys in general. My younger or my older son, did play with, you know, action figures here and there, but it was, um, more the, you know, the giant size action figures, not like the Titan series ones that they have now, but, um, like the, there's a name for them and I'm sorry, I'm going to forget it. But, uh, there were, there were, um, younger, younger kid friendlier action figures of Luke and Han and Chewie and um, Anakin and C-3PO and R2-D2. So they were like bigger and stockier and less articulation. And they came with these little things like um, Hans came with something that kind of looked like the, um, the, the stap thing that battle droids fly around on in the Phantom Menace, except Mm -hmm. it was white and had a cockpit on it. That looks like the Falcon's cockpit. Um, and that Mm. thing, you know, came with him. Yeah. And I, I still have those. I kept those, but he, you know, he just wasn't necessarily into action figures in general. And it didn't matter whether we put star Wars stuff in front of him or, or Marvel or DC or whatever, like it just didn't necessarily take. And it was the same with my younger son too, like just toys uh, for, and I'm you know wondering if it's just a matter of a generational thing with video games and screens and endless entertainment, just, um, you know, we tried to give them opportunities to fire their imagination and not so much Legos like didn't really go well with my older son and my younger son doesn't particularly care about Legos, but he says, if I get a Lego set, he wants to build it with me, which is great. I'm yeah, perfectly right. happy to do that. Um, but yeah, the, um, the love of, of collecting stuff from, you know, from star Wars, you know, or any other particular entertainment franchise has not stuck with them. And even over the past, I'll say from tween years on, they stopped wanting to wear entertainment branded things. So they don't, uh, they don't wear star Wars t-shirts, but they don't wear Pokemon t-shirts or Batman or Superman or Captain America or anything like that. They just, and, um, that's, I don't know how common that is necessarily, but that's just the way it sort of evolved in our household that they sort of have their own particular tastes and, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely different and it's not, what I would have expected or predicted, but they are two wonderful human beings. And I'm, you know, I'm just thrilled that <laughs> they get excited when, you know, I say, Hey, guess what? The rise of Skywalker trailer is coming out tonight. And they're like, really? Yeah. And my younger son is disappointed because his bedtime comes <laughs> before the trailer is going to get released. I'm like, dude, I'll show it to you first thing in the morning. And, you know, I have to try and talk my older son to, into not watching it tonight. So that way, <laughs> he, he even though he'll be, 
up for it. Like he, you know, he has to stay away from it so the two of them can see it at the same time. That's well, that's cool. You're probably doing the right thing by not forcing it on them. Uh, well, I, I think, you know, my girls like to tongue in cheek it with me a little bit like, oh, dad, you're such a nerd. Or when a package shows up and I open it up and they're like, what's in there? You know, they'll be curious and then I'll open mm-hmm. it up and it'll be a, you know, a black series figure or a, or, you know, a Hasbro pulse item. And I'm like, Oh brother. And they'll roll their eyes yet. I'll, I'll come back into the room and, and my youngest is like picking it up and turning it over in her hands a little bit. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, nothing. What is this? You know? <laughs> and then my biggest girl <laughs> last night, she just likes her Avenue with me is like, she loves Lego. She's like, I'll put a Lego together all day. And then she kind of softens up a little bit to like, yeah, let's throw on, uh, let's throw on some star Wars. And then like, like we already said, she starts asking questions. I mean, but they'll, you know, when they're all done, they'll be like nerd and leave the room, which is totally fine. That's, that's, that's <laughs> more about things. what I think is going to happen for all three of us is that whether our kids end up really getting into star Wars uh, to any sort of degree that we have kind of gotten into it, what they're going to do is that, uh, when, when we are old and possibly gone, they're going to think of star Wars in a sentimental way because it reminds them of dad. Sure. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. it, and at the very least I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. They'll keep Good one statement. or two things. They won't sell off all my stuff. They'll keep a couple <laughs> things just, just because it reminds them of dad. No, you'll put it in the coffin with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe one or two things. Uh, if we He's going to get buried in a vintage millennium Falcon box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I saw before we started that there's a sail barge kicking around there. Is that going in the coffin? Oh, you it? saw that box. It is big enough to house a, a, at least a, a, my, a cut up Andy. My, my wife will fit in, in a box uh, about that. Size Anakin Andy <laughs> and yeah. Anakin Andy, we could stuff them in there with no arms. Uh, no, legs. Uh, <laughs> no, I did not miss that at all. Nice pull. My nice pull. It's good. <laughs> now we, uh, we actually did a, uh, barge. One of our first, <laughs> one of our first, uh, you know, forays into YouTube, which, which has probably our last was, uh, was doing a barge opening party and, and multiple angles. And, you know, we had, we had a flyby camera going through the barge and all that stuff. You're much better at, at, at the YouTubes than we are. <laughs> well, what you're doing sounds very complex compared to what I do, which is just, um, I have a tripod and I stand a mount for the phone and I do have a, a microphone that I plug into the iPhone and that's it. And it's just one camera. I'm not changing focus and, um, you know, if the podcast gets to a point where it supports uh, more of our lives, then I'll be able to spend a little more time on editing and, you know, getting other footage in the thing and all that. But um, what you're talking about with that, you know, barge opening party sounds way more complex than anything <laughs> that I'm doing. So. Which is probably why yours yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> and ours didn't. Simplicity is, is usually best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so tonight is the big last trailer uh, for the rise of Sky, uh, excuse me, the rise of Skywalker. And, um, there's already been a couple of little clip leaks over the weekend just to kind of let everybody know and prepare who isn't, you know, heavily invested in the, into the star Wars universe. But, um, I've already seen a couple of shots that I have a lot of questions. on. um, there's a shot of, I guess, I guess we can get to maybe just, I don't know, as we kind of get close to the end here, but what 
Do you have just from anything that you've seen so far over the weekend, Alan, is there any, like, is there anything that maybe has given you an idea of, Oh, this might happen. You know, I, I don't want to go so far as to say predictions or expectations. I guess we don't want to say expectations because never, never, because that ends badly usually. Yeah. Um, But uh, maybe some, like for me, I guess I'll go ahead and start. But for me, the shot, the really quick shot of looked like a bunch of rebel ships and the Millennium Falcon kind of drops out and speeds up towards the camera. And you just, it's just a quick flip of the screen, but right next to it, it is very clearly seen is the ghost from rebels. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that like, that gets me excited because I love rebels and I love that, that you got a clip um, that you just got a shot of the ghost in rogue one, as well as, you know, chopper buzzing around in, in the background of one scene. Like, I love that. Do you think, do you think that's just an Easter egg? Because, you know, at, at this point, everybody kind of knows about, you know, ghost and it's been an Easter egg in another movie. And is, is it just an Easter egg or is it, does it possibly have a role to play in this movie or Hera or Hera's son, Jason, or something like that? Do you think it's more than just an Easter egg? Oh, you're bringing Jason into this. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, the fact that JJ Abrams has said, you know, we're not wrapping up one trilogy. We're wrapping up three trilogies. And obviously rebels is not part of the trilogies, technically speaking, but that's in there. Uh, and yeah, I think it's probably the ghost too. And I've been thinking for quite a while, what if Zori bliss is actually Harrison Dula and, you know, cause the helmet is so odd and I'm just wondering, could she tuck her head tails Mm -hmm. in the, in the back of that helmet? I don't Mm -hmm. know, but I, I do think that, it's going to be less Easter eggy than it's been in the past because they are aware that they're ending everything. And so I think they're going to be a little more overt with some things, but I I do think there are still going to be things that it's just too much for them to be able to completely name check it in a very obvious way. Somebody um, called my attention to uh, a Twitter thread where somebody was actually taking the time to very painstakingly identify every ship in that shot. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Have you seen that? I have. It's very cool. Yeah. And so somebody said, is that the shadow caster, which is some ship that also appeared in star Wars rebels. And, um, I can't think of the character's name right now, but like it's, it's a deep enough cut that that one I feel like is probably just a straight up Easter egg versus the ghost appearing. That feels like it's major enough that it's going to be addressed in some more overt fashion. So I, I think they're going to, be a little more overt with some things, but that, but there will still be Easter eggy stuff for people who want to go nuts. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you if it, I mean, one of the big questions about, you know, the resistance at this point is where are they going to get any sort of army together to fight back? And, you know, that people say, well, you know, maybe they could get, uh, you know, characters from the resistance cartoon. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe pull back, you know, some characters from rebels that are still around, you know, and I think that's more of, yeah, that's, those are easy dots to connect, but, uh, and it would be, be kind of cool to see, you know, a cartoon come to life, you know, that, that part of it would be cool. Um, 
but I'm just, I'm so leery about thinking too much about it because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get too into my head about it, you know? And then, but aren't we okay with some, some very blatant name drops? We're okay with that. I mean, I mean, they made like Expendables 3 for Pete's sakes. I, I mean, <laughs> this is a society that's okay with like, oh, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's what you want is like, yeah, I wouldn't mind if they were just like, boom, ghost is here. Here's 30 seconds you know, Hera or Jason, whoever's driving it, nod, we got it, you know, and then onto the next clip, onto the next ship, onto the next yeah, character. There's, there's Kaz in his, in his, uh, fighter. Yeah. You know. It doesn't matter. Everyone just kind of lines up, you know, uh, right stuff style and starts marching towards the battle. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm okay with, with a little bit of cheese at that level, as long as they've done the rest. Okay. You know, that's, I guess that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very, a high like five Avengers moment. Endgame almost, yeah. Yeah. Know? It's a high. Yeah, exactly. Did that fail? Heck no. That was cool. Everyone was like, <laughs> yeah, we get it. Yeah. This, this is going to have a, uh, rebels, uh, assemble kind of sure. uh, a moment okay to it. That. I, that's totally fine. I don't even think it's a rip off at this point. No, they, it was original. <laughs> they came up with it. Right. Well, that's their only option at this point. Right. I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been shocked and, and, completely in disbelief about the notion that this could possibly be taking place in universe a year after the events of the last Jedi. And for the longest time I was saying it's got to be five to 10 years because how are they going to muster the force to combat the first order based on what happened in the last Jedi? But, um, I think, and I haven't read the Allegiance comic book series yet. That's the one where they're supposed to be going back to see about, uh, whether the Mon Cala can muster up any support for the, the resistance. But, yeah, now like there were little pieces, little pieces, and like okay, I guess it really is a year later. So where are they going to find it? And I was thinking Ryloth maybe because it was always you know still independent, like it never joined the yeah. New Republic, and so in theory they must have something that they've developed to be able to take care of themselves, and maybe they would be able to pitch in. But I don't think you know the Free Ryloth movement could handle the First Order on their own. So yeah, yeah it's just going to be a ragtag fleet, basically. Oh, Which yeah. is okay. So yeah, we did it the first time and the second time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, it only took them a movie to, in the prequels to come up with a whole clone army. So maybe there's one lurking somewhere. On <laughs> maybe there's one in the Thrawn. 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 No, yeah. wrong side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't think they'd go that route. You don't but think they're bringing Thrawn. Yeah. I don't think they're bringing Thrawn. I don't think they're bringing another clone army either, but, right. um, there is something there though, actually. And I've seen this discussed as a, as a possible theory, but not as a, not as a rumor or a leak or a spoiler, so just a fan theory thing. Just, just kind of whispered in the dark corners of social media kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. A reminder that there was in the original Thrawn novels in the old expanded universe, that there was a dreadnought fleet yep. and um, there were multiple, like hundreds of ships that could be controlled Um yeah, they were like AI. There was like an AI fleet, right? It was right, like exactly. And so when you saw in the footage in um, that they've previously shown where you see all those Star Destroyers lined up. Yeah, see? I, I think I said, yes, go. I think I said that. I was like, that that, I, that reminds me of that fleet from Thrawn. Good one. Yeah. Or maybe you so, said it and I just listened to your pod. <laughs> <laughs> also possible. Maybe. It wasn't my idea originally. I came across it and thought, oh, that could be something. It could be. It yeah. could be right there. Just a dead fleet that they go and find or something. I mean, at this point, it's it's as good as idea as any out there. And, and at 
I mean, prior to watching this trailer, we can't rule anything out, I suppose. By the way, it's on StarWars.com now. Yeah, I just saw the pop-up. <laughs> oh, it's happened. It's, it's happened. there. It happened. It's, it's out there. And man... I, Alan, thanks so much for joining us. While there was a Star Wars trailer in the background, I can't believe you stuck through it. You never even faded out where I thought maybe you went away for two minutes to watch it or anything. So that's fantastic. Or maybe maybe <laughs> he walked off while we were talking or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was a good <laughs> I, it was a good fake job. I shut it, it off completely. I had the phone shut off and everything. So awesome. um, yeah, utterly and completely focused on chatting with you guys. Yep. That. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Uh, just. Just love talking with you. I got, I still have like a hundred more questions, which is great, which means I can't wait to have you on again. I mean, I could really <laughs> dive into your, to your method. And I, for one, the one thing that I really like is when I get on and I listen to Star Wars seven by seven, I'm going to get good information, a positive spin. Yeah. You'll throw your opinion in and go, eh, I don't know about this, which is fine. I love that so that I can go figure out if I know about it or not, you know, and then, and then move on. So it's just, it's if anyone gets anything out of this pod, it's go listen to Alan on Star Wars seven by seven period. You have to. That's why I was joking about uh, coming up with that, uh, that fleet on my own. It's probably because I heard it in my sleep. Cause there's a lot of times I turn your pod on to go to bed and I get like three or four in before I nod off. So there you go. No offense <laughs> to your pod. Just I'm tired. All right. That's all. But it's a good you way for not the first person to have said that to me, actually. Ah, you got a great <laughs> voice, man. You got a great voice. I'm, I'm, I'm out in seven minutes. That's perfect. I'm yeah. all done. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, Alan, you're, you're my commute to work in the morning. So uh, I do not, I listen to every word you say and I hang on it. So. <laughs> he does not sleep during your podcast. <laughs> uh, driving out. <laughs> so Alan, uh, before we wrap up here, um, you have a Ted talk coming out on, uh, based off of your podcast. Do you want to give that a quick little plug? Sure. Um, so it's a, a TEDx talk, which just means that it's not the official TED conference, but they license out the name of it to do these sort of TED-like events in local communities all over the world. And so there happens to be one in Manchester, New Hampshire. It's called TEDx Amiskag Milliard. And I was lucky enough to be nominated for it and had to submit a suggestion for what I would do a talk about. And I suggested doing a talk about the nature of hope and how it's expressed in the Star Wars movies. And hope is kind of a concept that we don't all have a great handle on. I mean, we all know what hope is in some intuitive way. And we you know, use the word hope like, oh, you know, I, I hope the Jets defense scores enough points so I win my fantasy football match tonight, right? <laughs> like that, false you know, <laughs> very, you know, in a very disposable way. But hope is a really powerful idea and it has become part of the fabric of Star Wars and they've even leaned on it a little more heavily in these last few movies as well. And so I pitched the idea of trying to help explain the nature of hope in you know with insights from star wars and how the lessons of star wars could allow us to you know reignite the spark of hope in our own lives no matter what our particular circumstances are and they 
you know, picked it out of, there were like 40 some odd submissions altogether. And I was one of 10 or so that got picked for it. And so November 16th is a Saturday. I'll be delivering the Ted talk and I guess I'll be recording it too. So it will be available on video at some point in the future too. And that's the, the scoop in a nutshell. <laughs> that's so cool. That's very cool. I'm a big fan of Ted talks and, and the TEDx talks as well. Um, we even use them in, I'm a teacher. We've used use TED talks in my classroom sometimes. And so sounds like a great topic. Yeah. We might have to watch that one as a, as a class. Sure. You know? Might not have to sit down and hope is good. Is it going to be more than seven minutes, Alan? Yes, it will. <laughs> yes. It will. Is it 15? Um, Isn't that TED talks or 15, right? Or, or do they go, I, let you go a little longer? I think my limit is 18, but okay, yeah. I'm probably not going to go 18. Um, in all honesty, and I haven't said this anywhere else, but I will probably aim for 14 because seven by seven. So seven, oh, plus, seven, seven plus seven. seven instead of seven times seven, but still. Um, While drinking a seven and seven? seven <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan, After, at, for sure. Alan, at this point, you've nearly done nine of your own podcasts with us here in one. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's so cool to have you on. Andy, you got any final words? Uh, no, just thank you a whole bunch. I know there's a bit of a time difference between us, but you, you were gracious enough. Um, I knew you were going to be up watching the trailer anyway, so I'm, it's, <laughs> I, know, I know it's not that big of a reach for right. you. But, but no, seriously, uh, we're big fans. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't know what's going to happen if you should happen to miss a day. Like, what do we, what do we do, Alan? Yeah, I don't know. What happens if you miss a day? we need the whole day? Superman turn time back and let's start over. Alan will. Alan, you preload though, right? We didn't ask you that. Like Alan's you, you, how many, gonna, yeah. How many do you have just in case you get like the flu? Do you ever do like 28 minutes in one day and then just load it up? You're good for the rest <laughs> of the weekend. I, I just had this conversation with, um, with some folks because it, it not to get too morbid, but, um, you know, what happens if I hit a bereavement situation where, yeah. you know, we have a, a death in the family that I need to deal with. And, um, I think Ultimately, the decision was that um, I will probably go back into the archives and just say, hey, you know, I'm so sorry out because we've had a death in the family. Here's an episode from the past for you to check out. Um, oh, God, I had to bring it down like that. Um, no, you're fine. But, no, it totally makes sense. It's or life, a wedding man. or maybe a wedding or a wedding or, or, a, or a birth of a child. Sure, sure. I mean, there's reasons. I, yes. Um, I. Had, we were lucky enough to go on a, on a cruise on a cruise ship as a family after celebration Orlando. And so I recorded all the um, one question interviews and I loaded all of those. So that way I wouldn't have to try to do episodes from a cruise ship. Um, and you <laughs> and just hit schedule, right? Just hit schedule that. and away they went. That's so cool. But that's really, it, it's actually rare that I preload. More often than not, I'm day by day by day. And I've been trying to get them done earlier in the day because, you know, the you know the later I'm awake, then, you know, the, the tougher the next day is. But, um, but for the most part, I am day by day and not preloading. Great. And you want to tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and I know Patreon as well, right? Thank you. Um, so it's SW7X7.com is home base for the show. Every social media, well, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, and Patreon are all SW7X7. So Facebook.com slash SW7X7, Patreon.com slash SW7X7. And thank you so much for supporting me and the show also, by the way. Um, <laughs> and Twitter is SW7X7 podcast. 
Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We very much appreciate it. And we're excited to hear what you got lined up for us in uh, the next week uh, with the new trailer dropping and new things to talk about, I'm sure. Um, but uh, thanks again, Alan, from the Hollow Chronicles podcast. Thanks, man. It was been, it's been awesome. It's, it's been, been a awesome. pleasure. So take care, Alan. Andy, Josh, I had a great time. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good one. You too. Mace lives, 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 lives. This party's over. What you say, Mace? Take a seat. Oh, snap. For your own good, stay out of this thing. Oh, yeah, Mace. Mace talking big. If what you've told me is true, you will gain my trust. Mace trust.